0: Welcome to the Willow Ridge Sermons Podcast. This is where you can find audio from Sunday morning messages and more. Make sure you're subscribed so that you don't miss future episodes. And thanks for listening. Well, good morning. If you've got your Bibles, I want to invite you to join me to 1 John chapter 1 where we're going to be today. Um, I want to kind of reemphasize some things that you heard, some things that Pastor Dave said, uh, but you've got your calendar uh, here on this card of all the things that we're going to be doing in our church. Churchwide, there are other things like our women's uh, ministry, our, our, our teens are doing some stuff, our student ministry, our kids' ministry, but this is our church-wide things that we want to point everyone to um, with that. So excited December 24th, instead of doing two different services, one in the morning, one in the evening, uh, what we've done before and what we're going to do uh, since. Christmas Eve is a Sunday is we're gonna to come together that morning for our full Christmas Eve service packing everybody in the room hope to fill it out to be a, be a little bit uh, uncomfortable you'll be so close but that'll be good uh, and, and sweet to remind us all that God is doing uh, but what I'd also like to emphasize is before that morning you want to show up early like we normally do and we'll have the lobby filled uh, with homemade goodies for you to be able to try and be able to sample um, and maybe even put some in your pockets and take home like that's what you and the Lord, uh, whatever you want to do. Then also on Sunday, December 31st, last year uh, we started this Sunday, fell on January 1, and we started off the new year by having a time of prayer together for our our whole church. Everybody in here together and had breakfast with that. And so on Sunday, December 31st, we're going to do that prayer breakfast uh, again. And so details out how to register for that. You don't have to pay for it, but we need to know how many to prepare for uh, so that we can do that. And and I don't know about you, but it was a great way of starting our year off of being able to come together as a church family, um, in a very casual, uh, relaxed atmosphere and, and just coming together to, to fellowship over a meal together and then to spend some intentional time praying unified together, um, as a church. And then on January the 7th, we'll have, um, our church family come back that evening. So all the details are in and then, our adjustments for our discipleship hours. So you wanna make sure that, that you're a part of that. Um, I hope you had a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, uh, a little, little time to kind of share, I think I did well. Um, I think I did really well with what I was able to accomplish on, on Thanksgiving. Um, so there's a group of guys that, that work out uh, on Tuesday mornings up here at the church. Uh, Joel Van Ham um, is the leader of it. Like, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but like Joel likes to work out like all the time. It's what he does. What he talks about. It's his thing. Um, and so he invited three guys who don't uh, to join him in that. Um, so it's me, uh, Tim Shawl, and Josh Nix, and, and we're just there uh, to kind of do some motions and complain. Mostly is, is what we do uh, while we're while we're working out together. Uh, the the workout started harder, and like most workouts go, you know, over six eight months, like you would think that we would increase in our ability, and and we're just declining in what he can get us uh, to do. So he gave us a challenge, though. He gave it was a challenge. Uh, I don't know if, if, if Tim or, or Josh uh, heard Joel or really processed what Joel said, um, but, but he said, now on, on Thanksgiving, I want you to be good because we talk about what we eat, the amount of exercise, all those things. And he said, on Thanksgiving day, I want you to limit yourself to no more than 1,600 calories. <laughs> and I, with honesty and integrity, I can stand here today and tell you, that every plate that I ate was less than 1600 calories. All four of them, you know? Uh, so, uh, and, and even yesterday, right, I got that styrofoam plate out of the refrigerator and it was probably like 1580 and, you know, and so we ate that and that was good too. Uh, but I hope you had a, I hope you had a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. I'm a Thanksgiving guy. I love Thanksgiving. I I love gathering with, with friends and I love gathering with family. Um, I love getting really full off of nothing but carbs and then taking a nap, you know? Um, and it's just, just, just good day, good day, good day. But now it's Christmas season, you know, uh, this weekend, uh, uh, Aaron and now we got down all the Christmas decorations the, the kids were helping us we were decorating um, inside the house um, that that's Aaron's area you know she, she decorates the tree uh, it's it's gorgeous um, if it were up to me um, like, like like I would decorate like everything like eye level you know um, what I can see right right there uh, she does let me um, decorate a, a, a one ornament that, that I, I say let she doesn't stop me um, I stop myself except for one ornament um, a few years ago, uh, at, at, when I was in like prime physical peak of my life, I entered into a, a, a race and I came in third place in this 5K. Now there was four of us in this race, but but I came in third. Um, and, and, and I shared the story a few years ago. What, what like really motivated me to like to finish strong was like, like with a mile left, a pregnant woman pushing a stroller past me, you know? <laughs> And I just was like, if I could just finish right after her, right, then I'll do well. And so uh, I, got, I, got a, I got an ornament for that, uh, a third place ornament out of a race out of four old men. Um, and so I hung that up on, on the tree. It used to be front and center, right in the middle. And she asked me that I not hang that up there uh, uh, anymore. And so now I have the ornament position where when we sit at our kitchen table, and eat It's right at eye level, right? Just to remind everyone of my accomplishments of third place out of four for a bunch of old guys who I walked more than I ran, let's just be honest. But man, when that eight month pregnant lady went flying by me, I was like, buddy, you've got to do better than this. And so um, we did, but, but I, I, I love Christmas now that Thanksgiving's passed. I love Christmas. Um, I love Christmas movies. I, I love it. I don't like Hallmark Christmas movies. Um, I don't like those. Um, I don't like Netflix Christmas movies. I like the traditional Christmas movies movies. Um is it 20th anniversary of Elf, right? Um, so I know it makes you feel like older than what you should feel when you hear that, um, but it's there, I, I love the food. Uh, Emma and I went went Black Friday shopping um, and, and our last point was the mall and, and we're getting ready and we got packages and, and, and things loading up in, in her car and, and we were leaving the mall and, and we went to take this turn around, around like our last stretch to get to the parking lot and, and there was that the, the, the stand that's like the sausages and cheeses. And I was like, Emma, we got to stop. <laughs> we got to just pause for just a second here. Um, and so we got some of that. So that was fantastic uh, to be able to have that. But I love the food. I love the lights. Um, I spent all day yesterday getting lights out in the yard, getting inflatables out in the yard. Like we're, we're, we're those people and we love people like us uh, that do stuff like that. Our, our inside of the house is 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 nice and classy. And then the front yard is what I do. Um, and so that's there. Um, I, love, I love the gatherings. I love how we, how we you spread them out. Like this excites me for all of these things that we're going to do together as a church family. And then the things that we'll have with, with our family. Um, um, I love that, but I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. Uh, and, and some people can, can try to be super spiritual about these things and I'm just going to lay it all out, man. Like, like I love the gifts. Like, is, is this the safe space to say that? Like, like I love gifts, right? And, and let's be honest, like you don't get a gift and go, wow, I wish that person would have not thought of me. Like, like, like you like the gifts too, right? Like we like gifts, we do. And so as we were kind of coming into this, to this season, like I got to thinking about a, a theme for a Christmas series for us. And, and I thought like, let's talk about gifts. Well, let's like the Christmas season is, is filled with, with gifts. We'll, we'll buy gifts for friends and family and for coworkers. workers we'll, we'll, sometimes we'll, we'll do that in like gift cards sometimes we'll think of what they want sometimes they'll give us a long list of all of these things but but we love we, we love gifts and, and here's here's what I love about gifts kind of kind of two things two things about gifts that I love and, and these aren't in order these are these are equal for me I, I love to I love to get gifts I do. I do. Emma asked me the other day when we were out shopping, she was like, what do you want for, for Christmas? And I was like, sweetie, like, I want you to think about what you would like for me to have. And, and, and then that's what I would like. I, I would like I, guess I like, I like sitting there and thinking that, that this person knows me and, and they thought of this for me and, and they've, they've, they've bought this for me. I, I, love, I, I love getting gifts, but I also, I, I love to give gifts. I do. I, I love to, to see the, the excitement on someone's face when, when they open up the gift and, and they know that, that you thought of them and that, that you thought that they would like this. And, and, and so you, you, you did that. And, and I love the, the gathering together on Christmas Eve and Christmas morning with, with, with family and, and just having that, that point in time where, where everyone in the room is just, their hearts are filled with, with gratitude. The tension I think for this season is we can hit a space where it's all about those things. It's, it's all about the movies, it's all about the food, it's all about the lights, it's all about the gatherings, and it's all about the packages under a tree. And, and what, what I want us to do is, is to take those things, but especially the, the gifts. And, and I want us, when, when we look at a package under the tree, when we're, when we're out at the mall and, and we're shopping or we're on Amazon and the 55th package of the week is gonna arrive at our house, right? And we're about to hit that buy now button and three things are for someone else and four things are for us. That's how that works, right? Is that what, when we're doing those things, what we're reminded of is, is Jesus. A gift exchange Giving and receiving of gifts should remind us of Jesus. He is the ultimate gift, John three sixteen through 17. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Like this whole season should remind us that God gives us Jesus, the ultimate gift the gift that we can't repay, the gift that we can't pay back, the gift that we don't deserve. Like the whole narrative that when we, when we read through the gospel account, this is this, this is this packaged gift sent from God to the world that God gives so that Jesus is gonna do something for us. But here's the thing about the gospel. God does give, and we receive. But more than likely, unlike the gift you're going to get on Sunday morning, or on Christmas morning, this gift of Jesus is not just for us to get and hold on to. It is for us to hold on to. It is ours. Jesus is mine, but I'm required to to do something with it, I'm required to, to share this gift. Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.20, therefore we are ambassadors of Christ. God making his appeal through us. And we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So as recipients of this gift, as much as we hold on to, we're called to give it away. So over the next several weeks, as we, as we look at, the gift of, of Jesus, we're, we're, we're going to understand and, and press into that when you and I enter into a saving relationship with, with Jesus, we are given even more gifts. And, and here's, here's the big idea. What we do with these gifts once we receive them matters. It matters. And so here's the first gift that we're gonna talk about this morning. It's the gift of forgiveness. It's the gift of forgiveness. In Christ, in a relationship with him, one of the things that we get is we we, we get forgiveness. First John one, seven through 10. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. And so at the front end, what we want to talk about is the gift of forgiveness forgiveness received. The gift of forgiveness received. That in Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ is, is my Lord and Savior. What does that mean? It means that we have received, what, what, what John Rock t- writes about here, what we have been given is we have been given forgiveness. We've been given forgiveness for our sins. The sins of our actions, the sins of our attitude, the sins of our nature. All of it. God has forgiven us. And so what does it mean? We're we're used to a world of forgiveness where we say, I'm sorry, someone says, okay, and then we kind of wait for the conflict to come back again. But what do we mean when we say that Jesus forgives us? Number one, it means this, that Jesus paid the penalty for our sin. He paid the penalty for our sin, just as you will purchase a gift to give to someone, in order for us to be forgiven, Jesus had to pay the price for our sin. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, so what do we deserve? Death complete and total removal, the presence of God, death. But through the forgiveness of Christ and because of him, what we gain is eternal life. And Jesus had to do this. One of my favorite songs at the Christmas season is a song that I don't know if it's written by them, but I've heard it performed by them the most. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a duo called, called Shane and Shane. They're, they're worship leaders. And the, the, the title of the Christmas song is He Came to Die. And it's a song about the journey from the manger to the cross and what He came to do. So Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15:3 15, 15, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures for our sins. This is the price that was paid. And we didn't give him anything back. We couldn't pay him back. We didn't do anything to deserve him to do that, but everything we did called for his death. And so he died and Jesus paid the penalty for our sin. Let that hit on us for a moment. Yours, mine, the sins of the world. He forgives us, not in spite of his death, but he forgives us because of his death. And then the the second thing, what it means to be forgiven, is Jesus's righteousness, his holiness, his goodness, his perfection was then imparted to us, He got our sin, we got his good. Second Corinthians 5, 21, for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I love that verse. Jesus never experienced the feeling of after sin. All that he did was good, was perfect, was holy, and was in line with the Father's will. And he deserves all the good that comes from that. But in this world, what this baby who would grow to become a man takes on is all of our sin. And then he says, you give that to me. And then here's what I'm gonna give to you. All the goodness of who I am and the standing of who you are. And then the third is is our sins will be remembered no more. Wow. In that gift of forgiveness, our sins will be remembered no more. The writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews eight twelve, for I will be merciful toward their iniquities and I will remember their sins no more. I don't know any other way that we can describe that other than looking at the word of God. In their sin and their iniquity, I'll be merciful toward them. I will not give them what they deserve. I will not give them what they earn. And then as far as that goes, hey, I'm remembering it no more. It's gone. Pretty good deal, right? Pretty good deal. Pretty good gift to get. Well, I, so if are here this morning and, how do I get that? How do I get that? And, and, and you might be in here kind of figuring out like, like how, how do I feel? How how do I feel this gift? How do I receive this gift? How do I live in this gift? And and you've grown up in church or you've grown up here and and, and you've heard the Bible and you've heard messages like this or or maybe this is first time for you and you're like, like, man, I I want that. that. That's the forgiveness that I want. That's what I need. I don't want death. I want this. What do I get to get this gift? And John says, here's what you do out of, out of the surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, John, John says, you, you just have to confess. You just have to confess, All right? So I just need to stand up and, and just, just start saying things. Well, no, no. Here's what it means to confess. Number one, we, we, we have to admit that we are wrong. We got to admit that we are wrong. We're not gonna have a show of hands if that's difficult for some people in here, but there's a guy standing on stage wearing a plaid jacket that has a hard time with this from time to time, right? We gotta admit that we're wrong. We gotta admit that our actions, our thought, our word of what we've done is wrong, that it's a sin, that it stands in rebellion to God's standard for our life. That it's wrong. We have to admit that in that, that we violate God's standard. Why is it sin? Is it sin because we determined it to be? Is it a sin because culture and society determined for it to be? No, 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 it's a sin because it violated the standard that God gives us. This is, God did not form a committee or a council to decide what's sin. Because as I give this to you in my word, of who I am and what I've determined, and it's sin because it violates God's standard. And then the, the third, that in that, once we admit that we were wrong, once we admit that we violated God's standard, the third thing we must do is we must admit that we're guilty. We must admit that we're guilty. Now but you would maybe push back. Well, Bo, I've already admitted that, I'm, that I was wrong. Why do I have to admit now that I'm, that I'm guilty? And I would say this, have you ever been wrong at something and then blamed someone else for it? Like traffic in Harbison on Black Friday and the person who's standing there at the do not turn left and they're turning left or they're trying to turn left and you're behind them, right? And then with your daughter sitting beside you, you lose your cool, all right? not saying I did that, that's just a hypothetical. <laughs> Was I wrong? Yes. Did I violate God's standard? Yes. But here's the breakdown that can happen for us is number three, if they would not have done that, then I would have not done this. Now, who have we tried to make as the guilty party? Them, them, right? And for our sin, there is no guilty party other than the person who committed the sin. So we have to admit that we're wrong, that we violated God's standard and that we are guilty. But then the fourth, and this is where confession becomes more than just giving a list of things that we confess that we've done. We embrace repentance, a desire to change. We embrace repentance, a desire to change. What happens in us when we, when we sin and when we confess is that the Holy Spirit in us draws us to a part where we do not want to do the wrong and the evil that we long for. And instead, we wanna embrace the standard that God has for us. And the words that Paul uses in his epistles that we live a life worthy of the calling. We live a life, we we, we can't do it perfect, but we live a life worthy, worthy to be called sons and daughters of the living God because of the work of the Holy Spirit in you. So have you admitted you've done wrong? Have you admitted that you have violated God's standard? Have you admitted that you're guilty. If we check all of those boxes, but we don't feel the drawing of the Holy Spirit called conviction to make a turn to head toward the path that God has for us, then we've missed it. I read an author this week. He was asked a question, this author is a pastor. He was asked a question from one of his church members. How often should we confess? And here was his answer. It'll be on the screen. He said, confess daily, confess often, confess as the Spirit leads. I love that. Confess daily, confess often, confess as the Spirit leads. May that be the positioning of us and who we are of what we long for, of who we desire to be. When do we confess? Well, confess daily. I don't know about you, but daily, I need it. Well, when do we confess daily? Well, we confess often. How often? Well, as often as the Spirit leads. But why? Why? Why are we at this spot? If if God's forgiveness has forgiven us for past sins, present sin, and future sins, he's forgiven us fully. Why? Why do I need to confess daily? Why do I need to confess often? Why do I need to confess as the spirit leads? When John 13, six through 11, it's the kind of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And there's a dialogue that happens in this. And I wanna read this to you, starting in verse six. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Remember, washing the feet, that's what servants do. And Simon Peter's like, no, no, no. I, like, you shouldn't have to do this for me. And Jesus answered him what I am doing you do not understand now but afterward you will understand. And Peter said to him you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him if I do not wash you the work of the cross the blood of our Savior. You have no share with me. And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, not only my feet only, but also my hands and head. Verse 10, Jesus said to him, the one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but it's completely clean. So here's what Jesus says. In me, Peter doesn't understand this yet. In me, in the work that I'm going to do, you do not need to be washed completely. You've been made clean. But here's what's gonna happen. As you walk along this world, Peter, your feet are gonna get dirty. Your feet are gonna get dirty. Verse verse 11, for he knew who was to betray him and that was why he said, not all of you are clean. So Jesus says, Listen, listen, you're in here, but, but here's what I, what I need to do for you. Daily, you've been cleaned, you've been made new by the blood of the lamb. When we are found in Christ, we are brothers and sisters in him. We have been bought, we have been sealed. This is who we are. Whew. But daily, your feet are gonna get dirty. Daily, we're gonna walk through this world and we're gonna pick up the sin that's there. We're gonna commit it. We're gonna violate God's standard and we're gonna think that we're justified for doing it. And when the spirit and who he is convicts us and draws us, the the imagery that's getting here is that we confess it. And here's what happens. When we sin as children of the living God, our relationship in who we are in Christ is secure. But when we sin, the fellowship is broken, right? It clouds the relationship that's there. When we sin, we don't trust him like we should. When we sin, we don't pray to him like we should. When we sin, we fall short and we break that relationship that's there. And what confessing does is it restores this that's right here. We're not earning back our salvation. What we're doing is we're building back the joy of our salvation and the fellowship with our Father. Married couples, you, you, you probably at some point in time have had a conversation like this in your marriage. Um, Aaron will, will, will say this. She, she's better at acknowledging this and in, in, in her discernment with, with things. But we'll, we'll hit like those busy seasons, you know? Work is busy. Kids are busy. Activities are busy. The house, like just stuff has to be done. and There's these things that are going on. And, and, and what she will say to me is, hey, 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 we're, 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 we're feeling disconnected right now. And and what we need to do is acknowledge these things that we're doing and then intentionally look back into restoring some of these pieces from from our marriage that we've kind of walked away from for a season, right? And I love that about her. And that's what confession is for us for God. God, I've walked away and I need to draw this back, right? So that's the gift of forgiveness received. But as we said, this is about what we're gonna do with this as well. And so we're talking about the gift of forgiveness given. This is clear in scripture that we're to do this. Three verses that i or three passages I wanna to read to you, Ephesians 4.32 be kind to one another tender hearted forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you Colossians 3 12-13 put on then as God's chosen ones holy and beloved compassionate hearts kindness humility meekness and patience bearing with one another and if one has complaint against another forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you so you must also forgive Matthew 6 14-15 for if you forgive others their trespasses your heavenly father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive others their trespasses neither will your father forgive your trespasses so we can't argue away in scripture that forgiveness is just what we receive that if we are followers of jesus christ we have been forgiven and what we are called to do is to forgive others This is called to be who we are. And and, and what happens when when we don't forgive others, what we experience of what the scripture teaches us, one of two things. Number one, we've either never truly experienced the forgiveness that comes with a relationship with Jesus Christ. If we're unwilling to forgive others, The first thing that we have to check is number one, maybe we haven't ever experienced the forgiveness that comes with a relationship with Jesus Christ, which means this, we're not saved. Which means this, Jesus isn't our savior, which means this, we're not a Christian, which means this, we're going to hell. That's one. The the, the second is, is this, if you are saved, but you've got this person, man, you know who I'm talking about. Right now, that person's face is in your brain. And you're like, Bo, but you don't know whoever, right? And here's what I typically say to that. I've got someone like that and chances are I am that person to someone and so are you. And what's happening right now in your relationship with the Lord is your unwillingness to forgive is causing a break in your fellowship with God. It's causing a break. Your unwillingness to forgive them is sin in your life. And the sweetness of the goodness of the relationship with your father, the joy that you're called to experience in him is not being lived to its full capacity in your life because you've chosen bitterness Instead of forgiveness, this past week as I was studying and, and preparing for this, I, I read there's a, there's a Christian counseling uh, a network in, in California, and and they, they they wrote an article about this, and so I, I want to share that the title of the article was How Can a Christian Forgive? And and as we close, I, I want to share what they gave. I, typically, I'm leery of like do these five steps and then everything is great, right? But as I read through this, as I prayed through this, as I got back into this this morning, I'm like, well, it's hard to push back against this. So if you're, if you're a person right now, like me, I struggle with this and you're struggling to forgive someone in your life. My, my prayer for you, we're gonna go over these pretty quickly, is that you will in, in, embrace this of how you can forgive someone that's hurt you, right? Number one is this, acknowledge the pain. Acknowledge the pain. Too many times I feel like, and in, 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 in pastors, myself included, we, we've done a poor job of acknowledging that you're hurt, not because you want to be hurt, but you're hurt because someone hurt you. And that hurt is real. And that hurt has brought scars, Sometimes physical, sometimes emotional, sometimes spiritual scars. And all it takes is something to jar your memory. It can be their face. It can be as small as a smell or a word that you hear. And you're taken back to that place and you recycle the hurt all the way over again. And so what I wanna begin with, what they began with is is the first thing to, to acknowledge the pain. Right. Number two is is think through things. Think through things. I I love their vagueness of of number two. As you acknowledge the pain, think through things. Think back to the setting of, of where it happened and where it took place. Think through and ask yourself the question, why is this so hard to give up and so easy to hang on to? Take time to journal and to think about yourself within the guidance of the Holy Spirit to just process and, and, and understand and to think through things so that number, number three can happen. Imagine being on the other side. Imagine being on the other side. Imagine putting yourself in, in their shoes. Don't seek to justify. Just seek to understand. Just seek to understand. So acknowledge the pain, think through things. Imagine being on the other side. Number four, remember God's forgiveness. Remember God's forgiveness. The fully innocence of Christ for us. Did you ask for it so Jesus said, I'll go to the cross? No, Jesus Went to the cross even before you asked for it. And how did God forgive? He forgave fully. Remember God's forgiveness. Number five. Number five, reflect on the biblical command. If, if you want to write these down, these are just three verses that, that commanded us. So go back. Ephesians 4:32. Colossians three, twelve through thirteen. The very words of Jesus in Matthew six. 14 through 15, there's more in scripture, but those three that we can come to. As Jesus calls us to love one another, as Jesus calls us to serve one another, as Jesus calls us to be kind to one another, Jesus calls us to forgive one another as well. Number six, let go of the hurt. Let go of the hurt. I understand this is a process. But as we move down through, what we're doing in all of these is we're allowing the work of the Holy Spirit to work and to work and to work. And and here's what I found out in, in my life, and maybe this rings true in yours too. I'm holding on to the hurt because I want to hold on to it. The more that they hurt me, the easier it is to hate them. All right? Let go of the hurt. Acknowledge it. It's real. Let go. Let go. Number, Number seven, forgive continually. Forgive continually. Right? Don't let forgiveness be a holiday that's off in the calendar. Let forgiveness be a daily reminder of what we're called to do whether it's your spouse, your kids, your coworkers, your friends, your parents, the strangers on the street. Forgive, confess daily, confess often, confess as the spirit leads. Forgive daily, forgive often, forgive as the spirit leads. And then the last one, and we'll close with this. Pray for the person who hurt you. Pray for the person who hurt you. It's hard to be mad at a person that you pray for. Now let's talk about what your prayer looks like. This isn't, God I thank you for today and all these blessings that you're giving us. And Lord, you know Ralph, Today, he just needs some wrath, God, right? Not like Sodom and Gomorrah wrath, just like lose your job today, wrath God, like that'd be good for him, you know? Pray for him. Maybe we begin by if they don't know Christ, that we would pray that they would come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Maybe instead of praying for their punishment that we pray that they would be blessed, that their relationships would be filled with joy, that they would have financial opportunities, that we would learn to celebrate with them when they have things to celebrate. Maybe we pray as we put ourselves in their shoes and we understand that we don't know why they do the things that we do. They seem that they're angry and they always try to lash out and hurt us and we don't understand why. And so we pray for those, for them because others have hurt them and we know that. I found in my life that when the Holy Spirit brings me to the spot where I pray for those who hurt me, which, by the way, Jesus says, pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those who persecute you. That's our response. Not a fist, but a prayer. Pray for those who persecute you. Found when I can pray for those who hurt me. And I ask God, God help me forgive them. But God's faithful to do what he says he's gonna do. I don't know about you, but I love opening the package of forgiveness. But maybe this Christmas season, I understand that I open that all the time. And what I need to do is to find those who I don't think deserve it and understand that they're just like me. And that I mark this season of giving away the forgiveness that God has given me. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you so much for this time. I thank you for the beauty of your word. Lord, I thank you that we confess our sins and you are faithful and just to forgive us. God, I pray that there's anyone here who has not experienced that forgiveness that comes from a relationship with Christ, that today would be the day that they could experience that. And it's not found because they deserve it, it's found because this is who you are and this is what you do. And they can experience that through a saving relationship with you. Or that they'll admit that they're a sinner, that they'll believe that that Jesus Christ is God's son. And through his sacrifice, our sins are paid. And through the power of his resurrection, Lord, we are given eternal life. And in that, Lord, that we will confess that Jesus is Lord. Lord, I pray that there's anyone here who does not know you. Lord, that they will not leave here today without coming to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But God, for all of us, for all, every, every one of us, from the youngest of the young to the oldest of the old, there's someone we need to forgive. They may be in this room. They may be sitting next to us. They may be someone we haven't spoken to in 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And Lord, what we're holding on to is bitterness. And God, I pray that in the kindness and the goodness of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that you will draw us to the sweet spot of understanding how you've forgiven us, and that, Lord, that we will desire to forgive others in the same format, Lord, to live in the joy that comes in a relationship with you. Lord, you know that none of us deserve it. We're called to do it. I recognize that some of us in this room have been hurt in ways that many of us could not understand. And it is difficult. It it is painful. Spiritually, emotionally, physically. And Lord, today, today is just not happening. Lord, Lord, I pray Number one, if there's that man, woman, or child in this room who is with that Lord, Lord, I pray that right now what they would forgive, what they would feel is your your grace and mercy. But God, I pray that you would work in them. We would understand that when we forgive others, it's not about them, but it's about us. would they be faithful to the drawing of your spirit? Would they walk this out spiritually with you? Lord, I pray that they would see victory in an area of their life where they have currently are experiencing defeat. Lord, we ask all these things. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to check back next week for another episode. In the meantime, you can visit us at willowridgechurch.org or by searching for Willow Ridge Church on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.